Hey everybody, we're here at PAX East 2014, and I'm here with Aaron from FlipFi. They are the developers of Race the Sun. Uh, how's your PAX been going so far? What's the reception for Race the Sun? It's been really cool. We came to PAX uh, about a year, uh, last year too, and it was you know, really awesome, and this year it's just the same. You know, Everybody's uh, having a lot of fun. We're just having a really cool time showing people the game. We brought the, the Oculus Rift version here, and there's just been a total constant line all weekend for that. It's been a, a great response to it, so yeah, it's just really cool to meet our fans. So with the with the Oculus, do you plan? What do you plan to do completely with the Oculus? Have you thought about maybe having a cockpit view or anything else in the game? Sure. Well, we do have a, a level editor, and some of our users are actually creating like cockpit view um, levels already. So we're kind of like letting them explore that. And so we figure there's going to be a lot more of that once we actually release the Oculus, you know, Rift version, and the retail kit is done. And so we're probably not going to change the, the core gameplay for the built-in modes, but you know we're totally like all about empowering our modders to, to put that in there. So and we're featuring those things in the main menu too. So it's kind of like here's a cool right. cockpit mode this week, you know. So and it seems like you've had a community on board almost since the beginning. I first played it a year ago, and there were a ton of user-generated levels already right yeah. at the start. Yeah. Um, so how's the community been for you? It's been good. So uh, we just we just launched workshop support on Steam about a month ago, and so Steam has a really awesome back end and community for, for user-created content with Workshop, and so we just saw like a 10, probably a 10 times increase in like people actually using the editor and stuff like that compared to the non-Steam version, so, you know, it's been awesome. We, we, we ran a contest, we had something like 75 entries, and uh, there were about 20 of them that were just like really, really excellent, so we've been really happy with that. We're actually going to start featuring uh, the user-created worlds in the, the main menu, and then in the in the world portals that you fly into, those are going to take you to a random user-created world, so we're pretty, pretty excited to integrate that user-created content like right into the game. Nice. Awesome. And uh, you guys are also bringing out on the PlayStation Vita. Uh, was, was Did Sony approach you to bring it to the Vita or did you actually approach them? Yeah, Sony actually came to us last year at PAX, which was really cool. So they just came over and said, hey, your game looks really cool. Do you want to put it on PlayStation? So I kind of started the conversation and they've been, uh, they've been really awesome to work with. So we're bringing it to Vita, PS3, and PS4 this summer as a cross-buy. Awesome. I was about to ask that because I, I knew yeah. you had the PS Vita version. I, I was actually curious if it's going to be on PS3 and PS4. So yep. I, I know I'll be playing it on PS4 myself and my Vita. So yeah. now that it's crossed by, um, let's let's talk about a little bit. Uh, in the indie game community, you seem to be uh, writing a lot of stuff uh, that indie developers should know. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean we, you know, we feel like. We've learned a lot just through the process of making making a game and putting it out there and just kind of how promotion works and what to think about with marketing your game and stuff like that. It's something that a lot of indies struggle with. So, you know, we feel like a big part of our place in the community is just sharing that knowledge. So, you know, we're happy to talk to other indies and we feel like, you know, we're trying to remember where we were at a year and a half ago where we're just like struggling to get people to notice us. And it's kind of demoralizing if you, if you feel like people are uh, leaving you behind. You know? right. So we're all about just talking to people and helping and you know being a part of the community yeah so. and you, you would think making a game is the hard part but really after you make the game you have to get it out there to people and that's yeah that's easier said than done a lot of times. absolutely yeah it's just a ton of ton of work and a ton of things you wouldn't expect and all these like you know dare I say like secret knowledge about how to make you know make people aware of your game so you know it's it's all about just like making people know that you exist and then showing them your game and that's that's a huge challenge so it, it really is and we've talked to numerous developers about 
about this and they've actually asked for our advice, you know, being on the media end. And yeah. it's it's really hard to tell a lot of times. Uh, but I, it seems like a lot of developers kind of, when they're making their game, they kind of live in a bubble. That's like true, where they're, yeah. they're just in that development bubble and they're not thinking about, you know, the marketing at the same time. Yeah. It's, and when you're on that level, you don't really have the money to hire someone else to do the marketing for you while you're developing. So it's, right. it's right. really a, a hard thing to do. It's really a struggle. I mean, our, for our first year of development was really a struggle with, you know, trying to make people care about the game mm -hmm. and trying to build an audience and also just trying to make anybody know that we exist, you know, and trying to make the game at the same time, you know, so it's kind of cool to actually get it done and get it out there and then just kind of like try new things, you know, but being at shows like PAX is just really awesome because it's like you can, you can just, uh, you know, meet with the fans directly and see how people react directly, you know, it's almost like a, a beta testing or, or something like that, you know, and I really encourage indies just to get out to shows, you know, it's like, it's worth the money, it's, it's worth the uh, it's worth it if you can scrape it together and get out there. It's just going to lead to more opportunities, you know? So with that, um, how do you feel about the Steam Early Access program? Uh, a lot of people are going that way so they can basically fund their development. Yeah, you know, so I think if we had had access to that, we totally would have taken advantage of that with Race Sun. Uh, you might remember we did uh, kind of an alpha funding period. Yeah. We could buy the game early, you know, at a discount and get, uh, you know, get early access to the alpha version. Um, I think Steam Early Access is great. You know, it's um, it's, it's, it's kind of scary for some people. It's like you're buying a game mm -hmm. and it's maybe not finished yet and it's really rough. Maybe it hurts the perception of quality or something right. like that. But, you know, for the right type of game on Early Access, if your goal is to like get lots of feedback and make your game better, it's just like a perfect engine for that. So. I, I agree with you, I agree with you. Um, and Aaron, what did you do before Flipbot? I worked at a company called Raven Software, so I was in AAA. Oh, I know Raven. Yeah, so I worked on uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance and Singularity and the X-Men Wolverine movie game, and most recently uh, Modern Warfare 3. So oh, I, nice. uh, I quit just about two years ago to the week oh, uh, wow. to do the indie thing. So I just wanted to do something a little bit smaller, and I felt like I built up enough experience and expertise to, to be able to do it. So, yeah. That's all. That's all. I, just when you mentioned the X-Men Wolverine game, that's probably the best movie tie-in that I've seen. <laughs> thanks, um, thanks. We uh, The movie got delayed, so we actually had some extra time to work on it, yeah. make it that much better, so I think we get kind of lucky. But yeah, we were pretty proud of that one. Yeah, that was a really good game. That, I, I really enjoyed that. And I really enjoyed Race to the Sun. Race to the Sun's a lot of fun. It was it was like my surprise of last year, because I just get a random you know email like, yeah. hey, there's this game, Race to the Sun. Right. And I see a screenshot, I'm like, what's this? Yeah. And then, you know... Yeah. I get a copy of it and I'm like, holy wow. Yeah, it's it's hard to it's hard to sell people on it with a screenshot because it's all about getting the controller in your hand and actually experiencing that Absolutely. sensation of speed and exhilaration. But what, once you get into it, it's it's addicting. Yeah, uh, it's it's really addicting. <laughs> I know the first time I played, I spent like probably three or four hours just sitting there playing it because yeah. yeah, I couldn't I stop. Totally, yeah. <laughs> yeah but, we, we worked pretty hard on making it easy to stay in the game. <laughs> and and it was a good idea to have the map change every day too to kind of keep people coming back. Yeah, that, that was a great, great idea. Cool. Thanks. But uh, anyway, Aaron, thank you so much yeah. for talking to me. This was actually the interview I was looking most forward to. Awesome. Um, so okay. I definitely appreciate it. Thank cool. you. Awesome. Thanks, Trevor.